0: Good evening and happy Friday everyone. Welcome to episode 53 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host Gabe and thank you for listening. In this episode, Russell Wilson expressed frustration with the Seahawks. What does this mean? I'll give you my takes on that and also Dak Prescott's contract situation. Should he sign the franchise tag or should he force his way out if he doesn't get paid? I'll give you my thoughts on there and I'll do some NBA talk. What's going on in the NBA? And finally, who will win UFC's 258's main event between Gilbert? Oh, darn it. Oh, my God. And now, without further ado, let's get right into it. I start my opening take in the NFL. As everybody knows, the NFL season ended last Sunday with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers crushing the Kansas City Chiefs 31 nine in Super Bowl 55. And now the NFL is in full off-season mode. And one of the things I believe that makes NFL king is the fact that even when the games are not being played, the off-season does not lack headlines. Russell Wilson made headlines this week when he went on the Dan Patrick show and aired out his frustrations about being hit too many times throughout his nine-year career. Russell Wilson also expressed a desire to have input in the personnel decisions of the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks expressed displeasure with Russell Wilson and their teams out there that are calling to see if they can trade for Russell Wilson. Here are my takes. First take, Russell Wilson's not wrong for being frustrated. He's been sacked 394 times throughout his nine-year career. He's also expressed a desire to play football into his 40s like Tom Brady, like Drew Brees. At the rate that he's going right now, be lucky if he lasts another two years in the NFL. As far as wanting input in the personnel decisions, that's what I call the Tom Brady effect. Tom Brady, this past season, of course, won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, and he was able to have input in the personnel decisions. He was able to convince Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement. He brought Antonio Brown off the street. And he also advocated for running back Leonard Fournette. And the rest is history. So I think Russell Wilson is seeing that and thinking, Hey, I've been the face of this franchise for nine years. I want some input as well. And he's not wrong for asking for input. All he has to do is give a suggestion. Now, they either take it or they don't. My second take, I've never been the kind of fan that believes that players should be calling out their teammates in the media. I think you can do damage to a team and the locker room by doing so. This kind of thing should have been kept in-house. This should have been between Russell Wilson, the offensive line, And Pete Carroll. I mean the media shouldn't know about it. A lowly podcaster like myself. Shouldn't know about this. No one should be knowing about. These frustrations. And now. When the media writes about this. And they ask him about it again. Russell Wilson could easily say. Look I was misquoted. You misinterpret what I said. That's usually what. Athletes do when um they call out their teammates and then ask about again, a lot of them backtrack and claim they were misquoted. So I believe Russell Wilson may have not done himself any favors by calling out his line his linemen in the media. But also, to be fair to the linemen, a lot of these sacks are also on Russell Wilson. I mean, he runs around, he extends plays, so he opens himself up to being sacked as well. So Russell Wilson has to take responsibility for these sacks as well. Now, I believe he may be airing out these frustrations as a message to the Seahawks. He's guaranteed $19 million in 2021. After that, he has no guaranteed money. So he might be saying to the Seahawks, Look, y'all need to give me some more guaranteed money for taking this beating. So this might that might be a motivation for him to try to tell the Seahawks, I need more money. Now, as far as him getting traded... It's not likely, but not impossible. If you don't believe it, ask the Los Angeles Rams. They had Jared Goff on a terrible contract. And nobody thought they could get out of that contract. Well, they showed everybody by trading him to Detroit and two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays off in the offseason. I mean... I don't see him going anywhere, but I don't think we can be surprised if somehow he gets traded. Now let's move on to another player, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are still at a stalemate about whether to sign Prescott to a long-term contract to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you got Troy Aitman. And Emmitt Smith, two Cowboys legends are basically advocating the Cowboys to sign Dak Prescott long-term. But it seems like the Cowboys are trying to lowball Prescott because they want five years with less money. Dak wants four years and more money. So should Dak Prescott accept another franchise tag? Which this one will pay him over $38 million this season. Or should he have said, enough's enough, I want out. Here's my take. I think Dak Prescott should ask for out if he doesn't get paid. I mean, look at the Cowboys without him. I mean, they struggled when he broke his ankle. They were they lost seven of eight. At one point during the season. Dak Prescott has proven. That he can win in this league. I mean he's won a playoff game. Since he's been the quarterback for the Cowboys. I mean. Before he got hurt. He put up some big numbers. Because. The Cowboys had a lousy defense. That's something, of course, they need to correct in the offseason. But Jerry Jones... has a golden opportunity to take over... this lousy... NFC East division. I mean, the Redskins are still building. We'll still be rebuilding for another year or two. The Eagles... who knows what's going to happen there... with the quarterback situation. And the Giants... I mean... Who knows what's going to happen with Daniel Jones? I mean... Is he the long-term answer for the, for the Giants? So... The Cowboys have... A golden opportunity to win this division flat out. I mean... Dak Prescott has... So much talent around him. Zeke Elliott... Amari Cooper... CeeDee Lamb... I mean... The only thing they need to do with their defense is correct the back four. Because, I mean, they have an excellent front seven and two stud linebackers. So what's Jerry Jones and his son doing? I mean, what is wrong with these guys? I mean, if Dak Prescott would get on the open market, I'm sure there'll be several teams who'll pick him up. So... Jerry just Jerry and company are going to waste a lot of these guys careers if they don't get the quarterback situation stabilized. Now, my final NFL story. Of course, JJ Watt has been released from the Houston Texans. JJ Watt asked for his release. And him and the Texans have decided to mutually part ways. All I can say for J.J. Watt is good for him. I think he saw what a dumpster fire the Houston Texans have become. And right now, they look like they're in rebuilding mode. But unfortunately, for them, they still haven't convinced Deshaun Watson that Houston's a place to stay. So it looks like we're going to have a stalemate there. Now, earlier before this happened, you can go back to episode 50 of my podcast. I talked about who I believe were the best teams for J.J. Watt if he was released. So I won't go over it here in this episode. So you can check out episode 50 and see the teams that I believe are the best for J.J. Watt. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interest for J.J. Watt. No question about it. I mean, yeah, he's going to be turning 32. And yeah, throughout the last five years, he has been injured. So chances are, he probably won't get signed to a long-term deal. Maybe about one or two years, I think, at best. But it's good to see J.J. Watt get a chance to sign with a competitor and get himself a ring. Because I believe he deserves it. After everything he's done throughout his career. Now let's switch gears to the NBA. I'm going to start off with the two leaders for MVP. Of course, one of them is Joel L. Embiid. Because jo- I said this last week, Joel L. Embiid is finally playing like the true center that we be- that I believe He is. I mean, he's finally listened to the criticisms of Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley had of him a couple of years back. Because this guy is just so talented. I mean, he's got an inside-outside game. He can shoot the three. But I always believe he should be spending 99% of his time on the block. Because there's, there's no true center in the NBA anymore. And he's the closest thing to it. And he's got the Eagles on top of their division. But of course, not the Eagles, the Sixers. (laughs) But the Sixers are going to only be judged by what they do in the playoffs. And of course, the other guy for MVP is LeBron James. I mean, of course, a case can be made for LeBron James every year. But if this year doesn't make the case for him, then I don't know what does. I mean, LeBron's, of course, averaging 26 points a game. But he's been averaging almost 28 points a game during this six-game winning streak. Of course, the last three games, they've had to go into overtime. Two against the Oklahoma City Thunder back-to-back. And then before that double overtime against the Detroit Pistons now of course I'm going to say this about my Lakers now they're the number one defense in the NBA even though they've won six in a row these last three games they haven't shown it so I need my Lakers to tighten up the defense now of course AD's been out with an Achilles injury, so, but still, they still need to get better. They need to make sure that that defense is solid. Because, especially if they're going to beat teams like the Clippers, which I believe is the only threat to them at this time. Now, let's t- turn to the Nets. Before uh, their last win versus the Pacers, the Nets have lost three in a row. And of course, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but the defense is still terrible. Again, they're not going to be without score teams every night. So unless that changes, they're only going to be a they're only going to be just a good, another good team that's going to make the playoffs. And be out in the, in the first or second round. Now another guy who can who's made his case for MVP, it has got to be Steph. Is Steph Curry? Steph Curry has averaged thirty-five points over the last eight games, and is shooting fifty-one percent from three-point country. And he's doing this, of course, without his Splash Brother partner, Clay Thompson. And the Golden State Warriors are right there. They're not as good as they once were, but they're still there. And they're still hanging. So if they get in the playoffs, they could be trouble. And finally, Derrick Rose has been traded again. He's going back to the New York Knicks. Where he spent 2016 and 2017 there. Which of course didn't work out. Because he was not able to grasp the triangle offense when Phil Jackson was the president there. It's been a roller coaster ride for Derrick Rose since that MVP season back in 2011. And of course, he tore his ACL in the playoffs the following year and missed almost a year of basketball. Then he came back. And he tore his Meniscus. So he's bounced around. I mean, of course, the Knicks from 2016 to 2017, the Cleveland Cavaliers from 2017 to 2018, the Minnesota Timberwolves from 2018 to 2019, the Detroit Pistons from 2019 to 2021, and now he's back with the Knicks. Now, there's a possibility. Derek Rose might excel again because now he's reunited with his old coach Tom Thibodeau who was his coach during his MVP season with the Chicago Bulls. But I'm glad to see that he's getting another shot. I just hope that he makes the most of it. Now does he make the Knicks better? I doubt it. I mean that team's been terrible for so long. Even though they're not they're, un- they're not a lot of games under 500, so they are competing. But they still have a long way to go. And finally, UFC 258. We've got a pretty good matchup here. We got Gilbert Burns versus Kamara Usman. Two guys who were teammates for 10 years now they're going to be opponents in the octagon on Saturday night I guess Dana White decided hey I don't care if these guys were once former um, training partners we need a big I'm going to make this fight I mean this ain't the first time remember Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell were good friends and nobody thought they were going to fight but they made the fight happen, and they fought twice, with Chuck Liddell winning both um, matchups. So, but this, this this looks this matchup, I believe, can go either way. Now I'm a big fan of um, Usman, but Burns ain't no pushover. This guy's a good striker. He's also a good wrestler. But Usman is also the same. I mean, both guys have victories over Tyrone Woodley and Damian Meyer. And Udman Usman is going to have a 5-inch reach advantage over Burns. But I believe the key in this one is going to be which fighter can cut off the other one and limit him. And I believe also wrestling i think is gonna get involved as well now what i mean by the by cutting the other guy off i mean limiting his movements around the octagon one thing usman has been good at throughout all his fights in the ufc is he has been known to cut guys off limit their movements Another thing about Usman is this guy has probably one of the best takedown defenses in UFC. I believe Burns is going to have to try to take Usman down several times. So he's going to have to break through that takedown defense. But I believe the guy that who's wrestling is the best on Saturday is going to win this matchup. So here's what I believe is going to happen. I believe this fight's going to go the distance. I actually think it favors Usman that it does go the distance. Not saying he can't score a decisive victory. But Burns has not gone the distance many times throughout his UFC career. Usman has gone the distance. I think Burns, to win this fight, has to win this fight at least within the first two to three rounds. I believe if it goes longer, it's Usman. This is why I'm picking Kamar Usman to win this fight. I believe it'll be a unanimous decision. Usman will remain UFC welterweight champion and now this will conclude episode 53 of Sports Takes Galore I'm your host Gabe thank you again for listening thank you for downloading I appreciate it you can follow this podcast on Spotify Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts Anchor and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. I'd like to thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.